Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got Daniel Harmon. So I think um, a couple of things, you already mentioned one of the words, just differentiation. Just find out a point of differentiation and focus in on that. Um, if you are teaching, I think, something that is maybe more universal, and that might seem like basic knowledge to you or me or your listeners, then if you're going to go down that road... Thanks for making time. Thank you for having me, Jess. Excited to be here. Okay, so for the very rare person who has not seen the Squatty Potty commercials or some of your work, tell people what Harmon Brothers is and some of the uh, some of the campaigns that have been successful you guys have done. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. Harmon Brothers is an ad agency, and we've kind of specialized in mixing um, two different worlds of advertising, the traditional branded world with um, kind of direct response infomercial world. And usually you think of those as separate categories where, oh, if it's a branded ad, then you're not really doing any kind of a hard sell. You're just trying to make something somebody feel something positive about your brand or your product. And then if it's a direct response ad, then you're looking just to buy now, call this 1-800 number, all that kind of stuff. Um, usually not very inherently interesting stuff. Sometimes the, sometimes the products are, but the way that they communicate that is often pretty um, yucky. <laughs> I was going to say sometimes the mullets are. Sometimes the mullets are highly interesting. <laughs> well, we always say around here that they're, they're only interesting by accident sometimes. <laughs> Which isn't um, <laughs> entirely true. Like a compliment in disguise. No, yeah, I guess you could say. But basically, we've t- taken both of those different worlds of, of of branded ads and direct response ads and mixed them together in um, into a, basically what we have is a Harmon Brothers ad that um, uh, we we are very much focused on getting a return on investment for our clients. Um, that it does close sales immediately and get them um, money in the bank, and then that it also builds a brand long-term over time. So it's long-form long ads, um, mostly on you know Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, and the like. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do. So we had Reed Quinn on talking about you know, how you guys got him 30 million views for FiberFix and, yeah. and stuff like yep. this. Um, can you give some more stats on any of the other campaigns? You bet. Um, so I think Purple is now north of 400 million views. That's the mattress company. That's the mattress the company that we actually breaking. launched. Okay. Um, we also did the branding for them on the launch, and even helped them um, in the design process of the actual of the actual mattress. Um, and so over 400 million views. I mean, they they are now have a market cap of I think about 300 million dollars. So that, that one's been very successful. Um, obviously, the Squatty Potty ad, I think, across all views through YouTube and Facebook, I think that's um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 million views. Um, and I'm going to talk here closer into my mic. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> um, let's see. We've also got, um, obviously, Fiber Fix, over, th- over 30 million views. 
Um, it's driven a ton of retail as well. Uh, the Squatty Potty, the same way where we had, um, you know, a, a 600% increase in um, online sales, a 400% increase in sales in Bed Bath & Beyond for Squatty Potty. Um, it landed them um, in Costco, which was a huge, you know, deal for them. Um, uh, chat books where they were able to um, essentially pay back the investment of their campaign within, it was like 48 or 72 hours, something crazy like that. It was just two or three days. Um, jumped them from like 150 in the app store in the photo and video section all the way to like number, I forget, I think it was like number 17 or something like that in the apps. And it was just um, massively successful at driving um, uh, new people into the app and, and, and getting people... Uh, to get books, we have um, uh, like more, more recently we have Bedjet that launched um, over this summer. Um, that one went in the form of a Kickstarter as well as a um, just actually selling their old so a Kickstarter for their new version of the pro- uh, product for their launch, and then also selling their um, current Bedjet. And that one um, uh, basically doubled their their sales. Yeah. As well as um, drove seven hundred, I think it's almost eight hundred thousand dollars now on Kickstarter. Um, so my my question with these type of results, yes. where typically the world of sales and marketing gets split into the people who do pretty art and the guys who actually bring money in. Yes, that merging of it ha- has made you guys really popular. And yeah. I, can you talk about the Harmon Brothers University and? And how that sold out and what that's all about. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we found kind of our niche there, right, of being able to do something that's really effective with sales and is also true to our, our artistic souls. <laughs> and um, ultimately, we kind of approach things from the standpoint of sales first, art second. But in our minds here internally, we always say, but it's a close second. Like, we still want it to be... Um, something we're really proud of and that we feel is really quality. And um, with Harmon Brothers University, we developed this course because we have so much overwhelming demand in the marketplace for what we do that we might have, it's, it's literally about 100 to 1 of the number of people that approach us wanting a campaign for the, to the number that we can actually service. And so there's so much unmet demand out there for being able to provide this kind of mixture of direct sales and, and branding that um, we basically said, let's let's educate people on being able to do this. Like, not everybody can afford, you know, like a Harmon Brothers campaign, and and that's totally okay. But there's a lot of entrepreneurs, innovators, yeah. marketers, and stuff that want to be able to do something and make it more effective. And um, at HarmonBrothersUniversity.com, basically, we've developed courses. The first one being how to write ads that sell is the name of the course, and we've opened up our entire playbook. Um, I mean. Literally, the the model from the beginning has been hold nothing back. And so we've gone through and take, taken all the step-by-step principles, all the um, formulas, all the training techniques, everything that we give to our people internally, and, and have taken made it uh, for a course for people that um, can come in and learn how to do this, how to write ads that sell. And we'll later be adding additional courses to this university um, specifically on how to be able to um, actually produce or create an ad that sells, um, not just write for it. You know, so everything from, you know, casting, directing, filming, editing, 
um, you know, uh, sound design, all that kind of stuff, um, as well as how to distribute and buy ads for f- so, so that they sell. And so we'll be adding those courses uh, later on as well. Well, what I like about it, so, I mean, obviously, so word gets out about you guys if people pay X hundred thousand for the campaign and then yeah. X million in sales happens. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like there's been rumors about you guys for a long time or at least around here. Sure, right? yeah. So no wonder you're getting that demand. And is it like three grand? How much is how much is university the the master classes? Yeah, so it's it's three grand. Yeah. Um, it isn't open enrollment. Um, there's an application process, and then there's also um, enrollment periods that we open up, and um, those aren't. Um, we just we're letting in tranches of students, and then kind of closing it off to make sure we can take care of them. Um, be able to answer their questions in email and things like yeah. that as they, they come up. And we don't, we're, it, it's not just op- open out there all, all the time. But yeah. if, if they go to that website, then they'd be able to apply and essentially get on a list to be notified of when the next um, enrollment starts. Yeah. What I love about the university, though, is because I like master classes anyways, yeah. you know, <laughs> is the humor. I got to okay. say, I've like made my wife come down, honey, come, come watch this. And <laughs> just the good. like, you know, it, it's, uh, you guys are, I, I like that it is, um, sometimes I find master classes can get into fluff. Yes. And I like that it's like hard hitting specifics, quirkiness. Yeah. Hard hitting specifics, something funny. Uh huh. And just breaks it up just enough when you're like, anyways, that's enjoyable as a student. This is your, feed, no, here's your awesome. user feedback. No, that's really great feedback, Jess, because that's been my vision for the course from the beginning. Where I feel like when I've gone and taken courses on things like Linda and on Masterclass yeah, and yeah. stuff, um, a lot of the times those are relying on a very specific um, subject. Like, for example, oh, how to edit in Premiere, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, or it's relying on a very specific celebrity. Like, I'm there to watch Samuel L. Jackson's course on, um, acting, on yeah. acting or Ron Howard's on directing or something along those lines. I'm not a celebrity, <laughs> at least, you know, not nearly to that kind of degree. And we knew we couldn't really rely on that persona. And so we said, let's be really true to ourselves about this and kind of treat it the same way we would any ad. Um, let's make it really high quality. Uh, let's do a lot of, um, a lot of visuals and, and motion graphics and, and things like that to break things down in a way that are really understandable to people. So it makes things that are complex to be really, um, make them be really simple and understandable. And then let's just, let's have fun with it. Right. Let's add in our humor because to my knowledge, I, I didn't really know of any, I, at least nothing that I had, um, approached in any kind of a university setting or any kind of a higher education setting at all had kind of come close to that. And so I'm like, this doesn't exist in the world of education. Well, let's make it exist. And so that was kind of what we wanted to do with Harmon Brothers University is not just provide real value in the education itself, but in the way that we taught that. Yeah, it's easier to keep watching it. So um, obviously everybody should just go get on the list and get ready to, to sign up for the university. Everybody go to HarmonBrothersUniversity.com. Is that the right? Yeah, HarmonBrothersUniversity.com, okay. yes. But, um, so that's the obvious thing here. But what I want to talk about is for all the people who run a business or, or are leading an organization, yes. I want to talk about lessons they can learn from, from what you've done. So okay, cool. um, I got a really specific question about this. Let's take a quick break from the sponsor for the show. Absolutely. And then I'm going to ask you this. Okay, cool. Okay. So Daniel, right before the sponsor break, I was telling you, I had a question for you. So um, we just had on the guys from contently in New York, you know, the, do you know, contently where they have like New York times uh, reporters or wall street journal reporters that you can rent 
The you name know, the, I know. I'm not super familiar. Okay. Uh-huh. So they have these like world class content creators that you can license through them, and they'll come write your ebook for your company, or they'll come. Okay. So you're getting like Wall Street Journal quality guy to write your blog, so yep. that somebody would actually read it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. And he just talked about this concept of there's so much fluff out there in content, yes. and you know. People like they they measure the wrong thing. They measure how many posts did we put on Facebook instead of how high quality was the post we did, right? So yeah. it turns into well, did the twenty one year old intern get enough of them out? Yeah, thinking that somehow we're going to win the war. Yeah, in in quantity. Yeah, but in reality, we live in the information overload age. Yes, right. Uh-huh. And and their research, they've got some really great research, shows how five percent of content production is getting ninety five percent of the attention these days. Sure. Uh-huh. So. What I thought was interesting is the way that he phrased kind of the way to win consumers is this idea of um, teaching them something legitimately valuable. Okay, yeah. Don't mm-hmm. just put content out. Yep. And so where you guys have, have done that, and I, you know, I can testify that having going through the Harm Brothers University myself right now, um, someone else who, I don't know, maybe they make like – they make – Catalytic computer converters for diesel trucks. Or, I don't know. Let's, okay. Who cares what they do? Yeah. Okay. This principle. Well, I care. Okay. No, I'm so this principle of can I do my clients or potential clients the favor of teaching them something really valuable? Can you talk about the mindset? Because you guys have, I feel like you guys have accomplished that. And there's probably a lot of other folks that feel that could probably, they could differentiate from their competition. They could win some, win some love uh-huh. from the consumers if they would get more in tune with what's actually helpful. Yes. And cuz everybody's a subject matter expert on something. Uh-huh. Can you talk about can you talk about if you had to give guidance to somebody in another industry of how they're going to teach in a way that that earns earns some relationship with the potential customer. Yeah. So I think um, a couple of things you already mentioned one of the words just differentiation. Just find out a point of differentiation and focus in on that. Um, if you are teaching, I think, something that is maybe more universal and that might seem like basic knowledge to you or me or your listeners, then if you're going to go down that road, then find some way to connect it to something really personal, vivid, and emotional. So meaning if you have a story, um, a personal story that relates to a universal um, principle. Let's just you know, just to pull one out of the um, out of the sky. Just even the golden rule, right? But if you have a way to tell that that's different than anybody else with your own with your own story, your own personal experience, and you can make that, um, it'll become much more emotional that way. Um, if you can tell it in that way, um, rather than just you know not bringing anything new to the table. It's always, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun in in some ways, right? That we're all kind of it's just a remix yeah it's all a lot of remixing out there and we're we're as um i guess we we do that as much as anybody does i mean even even the concept of a pooping unicorn existed um in one form or another before we made it into the squatty potty unicorn right i'm gonna pause people for just one yes. second for someone who's listening who hasn't who for somehow has not seen this ad, A, just go to YouTube and Google Squatty Potty and watch yes. funny, one of the funniest commercials you've ever seen. But you guys have a puppet of a unicorn yes. that's that's pooping ice cream that's like rainbow ice cream that get that gets given to kids and it's hilarious because they're the, the like guy who's dressed up as the knight from medieval times is like uh-huh. handing these 
rainbow ice cream cones to kids my kid's age and they, they think it's kids. all great, right? <laughs> You're kidding. One, one of them was my kid. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Game on. No, yeah. Wayne's, Wayne's World. Game on. No. So basically, yeah. So um, there was a, view, um, a video on YouTube uh, made by um, Rosanna Pensino. She's a famous... Um, um, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing her uh, her name correctly, but she had this cooking show um, called Nerdy Nummies, and on there she had made unicorn poop cookies, and they were just rainbow, really interesting cookies. And so um, the 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 first idea with it was let's let's make um, you know what what is like poop because we had to demonstrate poop in some way because the squatty potty is a device that you know. Puts you into the squatting position when you're sitting on a toilet for better toilet posture and a healthier elimination. And it makes it so your colon doesn't kink off and all these <laughs> Such terrible great things. subject matter yes. for an audio the, show. The, the, you, just, you, you talk about these things every single week, Jess. I just know <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is nothing new for your audience. No. Um, so as, essentially, you ha- we had to delve in this gross area of poop and the colon and all this kind of medical stuff. And we needed a metaphor for it. And then um, my brother Jeffrey, one of the co-founders of Harmon Brothers, um, said, "What if we made, you know, what if we used ice cream? What's what's like poop but isn't poop? You know, what if we use soft serve ice cream?" And so that was the, kind of the, like the starting point. And then from there, you know, we we're like, makes "Well, it hilarious. well, all the ice creams I like are are, are like salty, sweet, like chocolatey kind of stuff." No, <laughs> you just don't go there like at all. That's not a metaphor anymore. Now you're very literal, right? And so it's like, oh, it has to be colorful, right? And then we started thinking. You know, it's got to have some sort of like M&M sprinkles or or something along those lines. And then we ultimately kind of fell on this idea of like a nice rainbow stripe to it. And um, what, what kind of a creature would produce such a thing? And then the internet told us, you know, logically that's going to be a unicorn because they obviously, you know, w- when they pass gas, it's rainbows <laughs> or whatever it was. Like there was all these different elements coming together um, that we kind of made into our own with that concept. Yeah. Well, we probably have time for, for one more question okay. um, f- for this half of the interview. Maybe we'll take a slight tangent. I, um, one of my favorite questions is, what's a piece of advice you would have given a younger version of yourself if you could oh, go back? Yeah. What? That's, that's a great question. What's a piece of advice that I would have given my, what I would give my younger self if I could go back? Yep. Um, gosh, I'm not a person that really has that like dwells in the past or like lives with a lot of regrets, yeah. so to speak. I think I'm kind of blessed that way to be just kind of be able to put stuff behind me and move on. And so, um, uh, I would say um, a piece of or advice. just like a lesson you wish you would have learned even quicker because it's okay, been so good to maybe know. That's a good one. Um, a lesson that I would have learned quicker is that I probably would have learned to... Man, I'm on the spot here. I, I know I can come up with something, though. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Is it something about staff? I'd learn how to fire yeah. people quickly. So is it about fundraising? So I, I think it... this is what I would do, and this is the I would even tell myself now, is that um, with staff, I think that's a big thing that I would be more apt to uh, try out people... Um, uh, to kind of get ahead of the game when it comes to recruiting talent rather than sometimes we're reactionary to it. Um, meaning we kind of wait until there's there's this like super need. And you don't always have to do that. Like obviously you still want to wait until there's a super need if you're going to hire an employee. But for us as creators, we contract people anyway before we ever dive in in any kind of a long-term you know commitment with them. 
um, just to make sure they're working with the team well, they fit into the culture and all those type, types of things. And so I would tell myself, be, be more willing to experiment with, with different people and, and um, just uh, kind of trial and error where I, I, I'm more introverted um, just by nature. And so when I find somebody that I like, I just kind of, you know, stick with them, get into deep conversations with them. And I'm not as um, not, I, I don't have the natural inclination to necessarily go out and find, bring other people into the fold unless I have to. And so yeah. that's what I'd say is, is building that network um, and contracting um, those people and it, because that's really how you find great people is just in working with them. And so that's that's kind of that, – that's a piece of advice I'm trying to live by even more now and that I would definitely wish that I um, would have lived by more even in the past. It's interesting this idea of dig your well before you're thirsty, right? Uh-huh. Is – but I'm not thirsty yet, so, uh-huh. I don't ha- so I don't have to. Yes. You know? It's kind of the – it's almost like the innovator's dilemma, you know, for people that have read that book. Hey, the business is doing great. Why would, right. I, why would I go invest, invent why? the business to put myself out of business? Y- yes, exactly. And I, I think it applies to more than just people yeah. in the way you bring people in, but it also applies to um, developing, you know, obviously other revenue streams and stuff for your bi- yeah. business that you can't just ever sit and be like, oh, we're good right now yeah. without kind of nurturing and developing that next thing. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, folks, tune in to uh, part two. We're going to get some more wisdom from Daniel. Thanks, everybody. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember... A year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.